like nobody has tried seducing Percival. Why are you erasing Kevin in this <laughs> Kevin was not trying to seduce Percival. Kevin is with Moose. Kevin is actively being seduced by yes. Percival. Oh, I'm so sorry. Hello and welcome to our Riverdale podcast brought to you by the Aficionados Podcast Network. My name is Robin Jeffrey. I'm a 27-year-old actor and artist. I like rooting anti-heroes, feminist agendas, and I remember way too many details that no one else cares about. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffries pretty much everywhere, and our fun fact for this episode, because Archie gets sick, is when's the last time you got sick? And, um, so, uh, I'm gonna let Brittany go, and then we'll both talk about that. Okay. And my name is Brittany Ray. I'm a 32-year-old artist and writer. I like badass moms and long naps. I'm on Twitter, at Britannia, where I can be found attempting to be interesting and talking about my cat. And you can probably tell from my voice what the answer to this question is. Yeah. So, you guys might have been able to hear me sounding a little bit sick last week, but I wasn't gonna say anything about it. <laughs> um, uh, but now it has continued on, and in fact, uh, yesterday, in the time of recording this podcast, yeah. we decided to take another covid test which i had the infinite time which we had tested negative for last time um unfortunately uh the aficionados have fallen yeah yeah i made it through and by i i mean we as an apartment made it through most of the pandemic without even touching yeah covid and then one day Mm -hmm. i take full responsibility i work with children and i came back and i brought it back but uh, also i blame the children I also blame the children, yeah. if that helps. I None of them seem, none of them acted sick, so they were, like, completely um, asymptomatic, and they handed it right to me. From what I understand, kids are incredibly asymptomatic yeah. carriers. They're like little viruses themselves. Yeah. So, I don't know which one of them was, but it was one of them. Yeah. Um, and they gave it to me, so. So, we yeah. have COVID. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, if we're a little slow today... That's why. because we have COVID. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love this journey for us. I don't. Today we have more to say about episode 614 of Riverdale, Venomous. So Venomous is a 2001 American direct-to-video disaster horror film <laughs> about genetically modified rattlesnakes. Okay. 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 Uh, kind of sounds like Jurassic Park, but like, whatever. Who knows? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Would you like to give this episode a toot or a boot, Brittany? Okay, so last week, I wanted to give last week's episode a boot. Please don't mind the sawing in the background if you can hear it. It's just that it's summer. The door is open. It's summer. Last week, I wanted to give it a boot because I thought the storytelling and the writing was just so weak. And you were not into that. I thought it was a fun little mystery. Right. And... You weren't entirely wrong there. I think I was wrong to completely boot it. The newt was probably sufficient. Yeah. But in a stunning reversal, I'm going to just give this one a newt. Yeah. I didn't hate it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't awful. I think last week's was worse in terms of, like, writing. I absolutely disagree. I thought most of this episode was trash. No, I mean in terms of the quality of the writing, in terms of the, um... The char- the character continuity in terms of the, the structure of the episode. This episode felt like it was written by someone who was a professional and not, like, bad. Archie was penetrated by the devil this episode. And that's funny! I was uncomfortable. I just think structurally this episode was stronger. Not okay. story-wise, but I mean in terms of the um, structure of the storytelling, in terms of the dialogue, it was much wittier, much more um, upbeat the this the pacing was better. Those are all my opinions. I can't even recall the difference in the pacing, to be honest. I can because I was uh, so impressed by what they did with the toxic montage. So basically, um, for mine, I would like to give the whole, like basically the whole episode a boot and then give a toot to the, the last five minutes. 
Which is yeah. going to neutralize into a newt. I see neutralize. it. Neutralize. No, uh, neutralize. Um, so I do think that this is the end of the uh, Our streak. Uh, the streak of toots, unfortunately, because I did I didn't care for most of this episode. If someone's tuning into this for the first time, they're like, "What the hell? Why are you talking about farts?" So dooting is good, booting is bad, nuding is middle. Watch RuPaul's Drag Race. It's from Drag Race. Um. Okay. Cool. Well, we know it from Drag Race. It, no, it must have been. I feel like. Raj and Raven invented it. I think they did. But if they didn't, I'm wrong. Yeah. And that's cute for me. There were several storylines in this one, but unfortunately, uh, they just intersect so much that we just were deciding to do it chronologically. I bet you by the end of this episode, I'm going to talk you into understanding why I think this is a better episode. Okay. Except for the Betty storyline, which was absolutely horrible. Yeah. Really hated the Betty storyline. Yeah. Really. I'm going to be honest, it dragged the whole production down. Yeah. Like, there wasn't a certain part in... Like, other than the one scene where Veronica and Reggie ruined their thing. And that, that was only one scene of the whole episode. That you writing know? was so bad. Compared to the beauty of the writing of the breakup before, I just think that the, even the beauty of the writing of the breakup, remember, I thought was like, like, didn't sound casual. Like, like That's true, but it was also emotionally mature. I guess so, yeah. Okay, so I did the first half. You sure did. Uh, we see Jughead looking through comics and he says, oh, what, if you could have any superpower, what superpower would you have? And I know that this has been a fun fact for us, but mine is teleporting. Mine is healing. Great. Not, um, uh, not only myself, but also others, for the record. Yeah. And he says, well, no one ever thinks about the downside. And we were just thinking, we were just talking about this, how each of them seem to have a downside. Ver- uh, Betty's headaches and, and Veronica has to wear black lipstick now, um, <laughs> which is her main, yeah, her Veronica, main con. Veronica has just lost all sense of fashion. Yeah, yeah, she exactly. thinks that a fishnet mask is somehow a proper mask. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. I'm like, the whole reason why I picked teleporting is because of all of the downsides of flying. Oh, yeah. And that's why I picked teleporting. From you know, the Incredibles logic it. about capes to the sheer reality of bugs. The Exactly, bugs. Yeah. And also flying time. I'm going to get tired. See, this is why I think Iron Man had it figured out. Because he has a mask? Yeah, he has, like, a whole suit that actually has, like, a drainage system for, like, Mm. if he has to pee. Mm. It's a really fast suit, too, so, like, it doesn't take him long to get anywhere. Right, and he's not using his own powers, right? Oh, no, he is actually, it's powered by his heart. Um, But but the suit is flying. The suit suit is flying, but all of the power comes from um, the small arc reactor that keeps his heart going. So is Iron Man an actual superhero, or he's just, like... a guy who made a suit. Um, he's kind of both. The backstory with him is that he had to had to build. Um, he he invented like clean power, which is called the arc reactor, but it, it was never scalable until he's kidnapped and um, basically he has to build this arc reactor to keep his heart from stopping. So it's basically this thing that is like plugged into his chest that keeps his heart beating and it's clean power that's integrated into his body and then he then realizes that you know because that's a source of infinite energy he can use that to do other things and so he actually builds a suit to like you know break out of his kidnappers and stuff so is it permanent like a pacemaker yes it's permanent so everyone knows that tony stark is Iron Man, or does he have a secret identity? No, he knows that he's Iron Man, and, like, that's the joke of, like, the first movie, is they kind of all agree, okay, you're not gonna tell anyone when you give a press conference about what happened with, like, you know, all this big destruction and stuff. Just, like, say it was a prototype Stark tech that went wrong. And so Tony gets up on the podium 
And he goes, the truth is, I am Iron Man. And then an ACDC starts playing and it's the end of the movie. You got, I think you'd like Iron Man, to be honest. Yeah, we'll see. There's romance! I guess, but all, whenever I look at Gwyneth Paltrow, I just think about Goop and her you know vagina. What? One, two, that's totally fair, but two, she's a redhead in this, and for some reason my brain can separate it. Alright. Yeah. I, Iron Man is one of my favorite movies, like, ever, and I don't even like the MCU anymore. Mm. It's awesome. So, uh, Archie comes out of Pops, and Percival is there, and also now Reggie, too bad. And, uh, Archie says, Reggie, are you stupid? <laughs> He's using his Jedi mind tricks to control you. <laughs> Reggie, are you stupid? Reggie's like, well, if I'm being controlled... Then no. He's like, actually, you think I'm stupid, but the mayor is great and he's doing great things. And turns out, yeah, Reggie is stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And so Archie's like, okay, well, if you're going to tear down Pops, you're going to have to go through me first. And Percy says, haha, okay, because he now has a ring that's made out of palladium. It's extremely cringe, but also what a great super villain moment. Yeah, it was a good moment. You know what I was I mean? like, oh no, he has it on him all the time now. Like, you can take him down at any time. What a classic supervillain. Yeah. So Cheryl wants to ask the spirits about what to do about Heather, and she says that her, she, it's her uh, junior high sweetheart, and she says that she looked her up on social media, and she's a librarian in Greendale, which means she's definitely spooky because she's from Greendale, and also in the trailer, that confirms it. I literally said, like, when they said she's from Greendale, I was like, oh, she's a witch. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, how did you not look her up on social media before now, though? Have um, you been thinking fear. about her for a while? I mean, probably fear, but also um, inconsistent writing. Yeah. Because who the hell is Heather? Mm-hmm. And so she's like, oh, well, I don't think our story is finished. And Nana's like, I think it is. So, <laughs> so Cheryl asks the magic eight ball... <laughs> What to do? And the magic eight ball says, I don't know. So she goes, okay, thanks for nothing. And she's going to email Heather instead. Who controls this magic eight ball? I don't know. I it, I genuinely so don't weird. know. It's such a weird choice. Like, it's kind of cute and, like, irreverent. So it kind of works. Yeah. Uh, so... Archie and Jughead are together in Jughead's apartment, and they Romance. say that Sorry. Tabitha's still in Albany, and it's not looking great for what they're trying to do. Um, Archie feels bad and sad about Percival, and uses a sports metaphor, so Jughead says, well, I'm gonna use comic metaphors if you're gonna use sports metaphors, which they've already been doing by calling it Archie's kryptonite. But may I just say, shout out to Archie for straight up saying what we were all thinking, which is, since when do you like comics? Exactly. And so then we get the flashback to Rivervale where Jughead was super into comics. And I'm like, this is great. Like doing all these like flashbacks to Rivervale. It's really cool. It's really cute. But like, is when is this going to come back and mean something? Yeah, they keep doing <laughs> flashbacks to a timeline that was erased. And I'm just like, so what does that mean? So Jughead says that he asked his mom, can't believe we're bringing up Gladys in this time. Can we bring up FP some more? Just wondering. So he asked his mom for his comics from Toledo. I'm not sure why all of his stuff is in Toledo if he never lived there. Um... <laughs> And he says he wants to get back into creative writing because of that whole thing about how his grandfather only wrote one book. And I remember, you know, a couple episodes ago, no, that was last episode, uh, how Jughead didn't burn his book. And we were like, oh, we have to pay attention because Jughead didn't and Cheryl didn't and Veronica didn't. Oh, yeah. And Veronica didn't get her, like, totem or whatever back from Percy, which is why bad things are happening to Veronica. But nothing is happening to the people who didn't burn their stuff, you know? Oh, my God, I didn't even... You're right. Like, nothing bad is happening to people who didn't burn their stuff, so I don't know, but Jughead says- No, that's so funny. You're totally right. Whatever. Okay. So Jughead says uh, that he's going to try and do comics or graphic novels, which we already knew because he'd been working with that guy, and it's great. I'm glad that they didn't drop that storyline. Yeah, me too. So Jughead says that Superman was able to beat Kryptonite by basically exposure therapy, and also Mighty Mouse did that thing. 
did that too. And he's like, oh, what was Mighty Mouse's weakness? And Jughead's like, Limburger Cheese Archie, are you stupid? That was genuinely, this is why I think this episode is a better episode because Uh it's funnier. Jughead saying Mighty Mouse's weakness was Limburger Cheese is one of the most Archie comics things you will hear on this show. Isn't that true though? Yes. Jughead and Archie talking about comics is more Archie comics than most of Riverdale. I guess. I don't know. The comedy does not save Archie getting... He got pegged by the devil. It was really bad. I hated it a lot. It was really funny. Yeah. Um, I guess because I love horror, I thought it was absolutely hysterical. But I guess as someone who um, does not like horror, you would not find that funny. No. I wonder if it's the same devil, like, from Sabrina, like Lucifer. Well, it's suppo- it was supposed to have just been Cheryl. Because it was just Cheryl doing the fire thing. But it wasn't Cheryl because she- Wait. It's just Cheryl. Aren't you got pegged by Cheryl? Yeah. Wait, dude, that's better. Think about it. That's better than the devil. I hate that for Cheryl. Logistically. I also hate that for Cheryl. Yeah. Uh, we forgot to tell you guys what you guys need to know about the episode. Archie was forged by fire. And now that he doesn't have a palladium problem anymore. He's also maybe kind of made of metal. Yeah. Like, like he ingested a lot of metal and now I think he's an Iron Man. No, I think it's closer to Wolverine. I don't know. Wolverine has adamantium in his like bones. It's grafted onto his bones and that's how the claws come out. Okay. Once upon a time, I was big into comic book stuff. And then dudes ruined it, so no longer. So Archie says that Cheryl might still have some palladium, so maybe they'll go get it so he can do his exposure therapy thing. Veronica goes to talk to Dr. Girdle Jr., and he's basically saying that her body is generating toxins, and it's not just coming out of her, like, spit in her, by kissing people, it's also her tears, her blood, and her sweat. And he's like, I don't know how, you're not dead. Veronica's walking around in, like, this funeral clothes. Can we just talk about how Dr. Colonel Jr., I mean, is he even a doctor? I think he's just a doctor. I remember, like, a time, I think, in Rivervale when, like, he was straight up, like, a pediatrician or something. Or, like, maybe Anthony or something. I can't remember. Um, But, like, later, Archie's like, Dr. Colonel Jr. says I have anemia. Oh, wait, but he did deliver the baby, right? No, Cheryl did. Cheryl did. I guess he is a doctor on, because... They called he him offered, He offered to deliver the baby, yeah. and they said no. So he must be an MD, then. I think he's both. I mean, in a small town, I guess he needs to be both. Yeah, because, like, you can be an MD and a mortician. Yeah. But... He's like, I just prefer dead people, but whatever. I'm literally trying to think of, like, the character from CSI that was like that. What was his name? I'll, I'll remember. All right. Uh, so he says that she should have dialysis done to try and, like, defox- defoxify. Defoxify her. Detoxify her can't body. defox Camila. She's too good. Too good. She's like, oh, well, I don't even feel sick. And he's like, well, you need to have less poison in your body. I don't know what to tell you, but we need that to do something about that. Just because you don't feel sick doesn't mean your liver isn't straight up shutting down. Yeah, he says, you need to avoid interaction with literally everyone and fact, get out of my face right now. And Dave had pointed out in the Discord that this is literally Poison Ivy's thing. Like, this is literally Poison Ivy. Is it? Oh my I god, don't know. It. Oh my god, Dave, you genius. Um, so Betty goes to Jughead and asks him to read her mind, and he's like, um, I don't want to. And she's like, no, my, like, subconscious mind, my repressed memories. And he's like, I don't even know if I can do that. Like, I've never done it before. So I don't even know if that's possible. And she's like, okay, can you try? Because she says that she feels like an open wound and she needs to be stitched back together. So he says, okay, I'll research deep mind reading. Okay, so basically what he did was research Vulcan mind melts. Sure. This is what Vulcan mind melts are. Mm. Jughead is literally doing that. And we've already brought up Jedi's this episode. So, so why not? let's more go, star. Things. Let's go for the more. The, you know what? Let's do the trifecta. Where's Galactica? Wait, it'll show up. So Cheryl gives Archie the Palladium that she has from the mine, and he says, "Okay, no worries, I'll give it back." And she's like, mm, "No rush, I don't need it." So they're wondering why it like weakens him and not anybody else. Um, like why when. P- 
Betty is near Palladium, it doesn't stop her powers, you know? Yeah, each of them has a very specific... Mm -hmm. Weakness. Apparently Betty's is just light, and she doesn't use her powers much. Yeah, so it's like, why doesn't she just get headaches when she uses her powers? Because it feels like she doesn't use them that much. It's really weird. Betty's power is kind of useless. I haven't freaking seen an aura in episodes. Oh my god, I have things to talk about with that aura when we get to that scene. Okay, so they're like, oh, is this even worth it? And Archie's like, I don't have an option, so I kind of have to. And Cheryl says that she's going to try and help him because she, like, knows things about supernatural stuff, but... Okay, sure. Uh, so Archie weighs himself, and he made the palladium into a necklace, and um, he's punching the punching bag and hurts his hands really, really badly. That's all that happens here. That's what happens. Veronica's doing dialysis, and her uh, bodiless assistant, Jay, says, hey, Mr. Shipley uh, called, who is a prime investor, and she's like, I don't care, because I told them that we're pushing the meeting, and he's like, yeah, they said they're gonna have the meeting with or without you, so. And so she's without like, oh, fine. Without you. Sorry. So Nana Rose is looking at a painting that Cheryl did of like a spider on a woman's chest. <sighs> And Nana, I guess, was reading Cheryl's book on Rasputin, which is what Cheryl wants. Do y'all not have Google? Right. Exactly. It's like, she sent an email today, which was weird. Yeah. Like, she sends emails but can't use Google? Yeah. I think Nana Rose is also immortal if she's reading books on Rasputin. Why? Because isn't Rasputin, like, not immortal, but, like, couldn't be killed? I think he just did a lot of weird stuff to his body to make people think that he couldn't be killed. In Anastasia, he's, like, immortal. Yeah, but in real life, he was, like, just a guy. I think it's foreshadowing that Nana Rose can't die because she was reading about Rasputin. All right, fair enough. Because Pop can't die and also neither can Smithers. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she's like, oh, are you trying to distract yourself from Heather not answering yet? Yeah, because people usually respond when they care, when people send emails. And I'm like, when have you ever sent an email Nana Rose. And when have you ever had anyone, have you ever cared about anyone? You literally tried to trap Cheryl. Yeah. In a doll. But no, cool. not a doll. In uh, a brooch. And uh, she calls her a Baba Yaga, which is um, from Slavic uh, folklore. It's an ogress who steals, cooks, and eats her victims who are usually children. Oh, um, Hansel and Gretel. Is that? Isn't that the witch in the forest? Is that her name? Well, no, but it's like the same concept. I guess so, but it's from Slavic folklore. Yes. Okay. So Betty is going to meet with Jug, and she tells Archie this, and I like how Archie and Betty are super, like, non-toxic about that, you know? Like, she's like, I'm gonna go hang out with Jughead, and Archie's like, okay. Archie's like, great, because we're both grown up, so that doesn't matter to me. So he's like, okay, uh, can you open a can for me? So basically, with the palladium stuff, it's not only that it just makes him a normal person, but it makes him even more weak. So he shows her his hands, and she's like, oh my god, were you punching a brick wall? And he's like, no, I was just punching a punching bag. And before I had powers, that was not a problem at all. Yeah. So she's like, you need to stop wearing the palladium then. And he's like, no, I need to be strong with Percival. And so she's like, okay, whatever, and opens the can for him. No, he's making a lot of extremely stupid decisions. Yeah. I understand the desperation, but bro. Yeah. So Veronica shows up to the meeting with the shareholders in her funeral garb, and she's like, hey, Reggie. I can't believe you're still here since I banished you. And I'm like, he's literally already been here since you banished him. Yeah, like, what are you talking about? So she's like, I felt germaphobic, but you insisted on me being here, so here I am. Y'all, I cannot begin to express to you how stupid she looks in this scene. Yeah. So they're like, anyway, we are concerned about the casino, and especially your decision to remove Reggie, and also there's no profit under your leadership, and also you look insane. (laughs) Um, they make a very good point. Yeah, they when do they say she looks insane? And it's genuinely funny. Yeah. But she makes a good point later. This is the first year of their business. The rule of thumb is that you don't turn a profit your first year in business. 
So yeah. this is a very weak argument. Yeah. So she's like, yeah, we all knew that the first year would be difficult, and we moved toward profit every week. And so the guys were like, well, we have a seller, and if we sell, we get money back now, and also plus extra. Well, who is it? Elon Musk? So my question is, I think it's either Percival, which I feel like would be- I think it's Percival. Which, is, which I think is maybe too obvious. And, like, they'll probably do it because it is too obvious, but Dark Horse Candidate? Uh-huh. Hiram. What if it's Hiram? Okay, but, like, that would make perfect sense. Because that's literally the same storyline they always give Veronica. Yeah, like, the fact that Veronica has a different storyline right now points, but also... Yeah. 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 Oh, Robin, don't manifest these things. It's gonna be. Don't do it. Sorry. So she's like, well, it would be really stupid to sell right now, and she wants to have a few days to, like, make a presentation to tell them that that would be stupid. Guys, she needs to make a PowerPoint. She's gonna do it in Canva. Oh my god, I was making that joke organically. And then she makes the presentation in Canva. Oh my god, Robin, when I tell you I forgot that Canva sponsored this episode, and I was just making that joke. Yeah. Oh my god. I got Canva Pro yesterday. Good for you. Yeah. Oh god, advertising works on me. Mm. Oh no. So Betty goes back to Jughead's. Jughead said that he did research and he's like, think of your memories as something visual, like a series of comic books, which is what he did in Rivervale, mm-hmm. basically. Um, he's gonna go in and read the comics. So basically this is uh her mind palace. Um, yes. And except it's like her mind desk. Her mind desk? Yeah, he just sits at a desk. I mean, you're right. So they hold hands, and he's at, like, this desk in the fog, and there's, like, a little cat stuffy that looks like caramel. And they're Betty comics, which is so fun because, you know, Betty ha- always has her own comics, and Jughead has his comics, and Veronica has her comics, you know? So it's, like, it's nice that it's not we're not just seeing Archie and Friends comics, like, we're seeing the other comics, which is really cool. I, I always preferred Betty and Veronica comics to mm-hmm. anything else. Oh, me too. I always bought the Betty and Veronica's. Or the Jugheads. I never bought the Jugheads. Mm. I didn't, I never knew much about Jughead. Mm. Hmm. So uh, he looks at the episode where they kissed for the first time in season one, and I love this scene, so I was really excited about that. He goes into the memory, and, you know, their voices are higher, and they're so little, and they're so young. They are babies. And she asks if he found, she asks, like, outside of the scene, she asks if he's finding anything, and he's, like, interrupted, and I'm like, maybe give him a second, Betty. Betty, I'm sorry, Betty's so annoying this episode. It must be weird to feel someone around in your brain, though. I guess, but she's like, oh, have you found anything? And it's like, well, don't interrupt me. And then later, like, she's like, hey, uh, did you, are, are you just finding, like, shared memories? But I, maybe if I, maybe I could if you stop talking in the middle of it. Let All me right. freaking think. Damn. So he goes back in and there's a season, scene in season two, I believe. They have the twins and she's like still talking about how she's all messed up and evil and how it's her destiny to be evil. He comforts her and tells her that she's a good person. And Betty's like, oh, is there, did you find anything? Shut up! (laughs) So all he can do is access stuff that he was there for so far. And so he needs to keep going and go deeper. So he finds the time when she killed Caramel, which we had already seen this uh, memory. And this is, then we go to her and Hal sitting in Pops afterward, which we haven't seen before. Finally a new scene. So he says Caramel was bad for running out and getting hit by the car, which means that Caramel was a sinner. I'm like, Caramel was probably just scared of something, but okay. What in the evangelical nonsense? He's like, gotta kill those sinners, you know. How did it feel when you killed her? And she goes, um, bad. Awful. And he's like, oh, well, are you, uh, sure? Did you also kind of, like, like it? And she's like, no. No. No, I hated that. So Jughead goes back out and tells Betty what happened in the scene. And she realizes that Hal was grooming her to be a killer. 
Um, do you want to talk about what happened in that when we were watching? What? Sam goes, oh my god, he was grooming her to be a serial killer. And then literally a sentence later, Betty spoke that exact line. I was just like, so we used the word grooming last episode and now all we're doing is using the word grooming. Which doesn't feel great, I'm going to be honest, considering um, how much grooming is being thrown around right yeah. now mm-hmm. inappropriately at our specific community. Yeah. And I would say, oh, well, they didn't know because this was before that. But we recently learned via Cole Sprouse that these episodes are basically written on the fly um, and they receive things the day of. So I think the writers hear a word and just use it. Yeah. So Joke says that it totally makes sense that she would have tried to forget that. And so it makes sense that she's repressing these memories. And she's like, okay, please keep going to through to like find more because I need to know where the, the darkness started. And so he's you like, okay, well, I don't want to do this right now. So can we do this later? And she's like, okay. Hey, I hope you don't want to, I don't really want to be around in your trauma. Thank you. I really feel like... <laughs> Poor Jughead. Jughead's being really nice about it, but also Jughead keeps being like, hey, Betty, I don't really want to do this. And Betty keeps being like, please do it, Jughead. Like later, I'm sorry. I really don't like Betty this episode, which which makes me upset. Maybe also partially why I don't care for this episode as much because I do really like Betty. You don't like Betty with Jughead. That's the problem. No, but then then she like goes and talks to Alice like she's a terrible person, you know? Like, she talks to Alice and she's crap. Like, Betty's just so annoying this episode. I'm sorry. Um, But, like, you know, she's like, go read my mom's mind, Jughead. And Jughead's like, I don't want to. And Betty's just like, do it, you know? And I'm just like, God, just leave him alone. No, do you know why? Because she's not respecting people's boundaries. Yeah. And, like, that's kind of Betty's thing is Mm -hmm. she pushes people's boundaries the way she shouldn't. But, um, yeah, that's probably why. Yeah. So Cheryl says, hey, Archie, uh, you look like crap. And he looks like he's got like a really terrible fever, which been there um, literally last week. Yeah, you scared the crap out of me when you had that fever. It was scary. I know. I like sat in my bed for like two hours being like, I can't move. It was horrible. I know. I was very concerned. So she's like, Archie, you're an amateur. And so she's going to help him like do it the right way. I mean, thanks, witch. I love her. I know she's nuts, but I love her. Mm -hmm. I guess my thing with this is that she keeps being like, oh, do this, do that. I'm a professional. And then like, other than the very last thing that happens, it just makes it worse. Mm -hmm. You know, like she's like, oh, you should do this instead. And then it like almost kills Archie. Yeah. So I'm like, are you a professional? Who knows? Uh, I think it's uh, all trial and error. Yeah. So she said, oh, I made you this palladium soup so that he's taking a little bit at a time, kind of like Rasputin did. And he was like basically impossible to kill. And they had to drown him in the end. Foreshadowing? I think, oh my God. But also I think the Rasputin thing was just um luck for that man. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's funny that she called it palladium soup though, when it was like kind of just palladium juice. Two things can be true. Yeah. It just kind of looked like dirty dish water, to be honest. No, it did. It looked yeah. so gross. It looked like milk water. Yeah. So Veronica confronts Reggie and Percival. Um, She tells Percy to move out anytime because he's still living in the casino. And she's like, I thought you'd be in cahoots with Percival. And he's like, oh, you can't think I'd do anything for myself. All of this was actually my idea. And she's like, well, why are you doing this then? Because we broke up? Your self-esteem must be so low. And she like yells at him and gives him a nosebleed. It's actually really messed up. Because I guess she, like, spits in his face or something. Well, yeah, when you talk, a Mm -hmm. lot of stuff comes out. But, like, I think she's also projecting. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, feel bad for Reggie, kinda. Their relationship makes me mad sad, dude. Mm -hmm. This should not have happened. But then she obviously feels bad, doesn't want to kill Reggie, and runs away, which is good. Uh, Archie drinks the soup, and he's, like, jumping rope, uh, but passes out. And before, he just, like, had the palladium with him, and now he's, like, eating it. Ingesting it, yeah. Which I think was a bad move, obviously, because of what happens next. But also, like, Rasputin was eating the poison because ultimately when you get poisoned you ingest the poison yes you know 
And so like, instead of like, usually the palladium is just with him and you're not like putting it inside of your body. But I feel like it's the the strongest way to fight it is to have it be part of you. Yeah. Because that way, even if it touches you, it's already part of you. I know, but I mean, then it almost kills him. So like, well, if she hadn't thought of the like forging thing, Archie would just die. You're you're right on that one. So it's like maybe we should have thought of like a way to like cut the palladium, like the actual metal of the palladium with something mm-hmm. and then have that that into a necklace or something or like maybe just have like a smaller chunk of palladium or something. Like I feel like that would have been smarter. I don't know. I think ingesting it was the way to go. Then he almost dies. But then he becomes the literal man of steel. But if she hadn't thought oh, of that, then just he'd just be it. dead. That's true. I don't know. I stand by it, but I, I do see your point. So Veronica goes and tells Dr. Girdle Jr. that the dialysis isn't working, and he's like, yeah, clearly the toxins have actually gotten worse. Um, well, she's like, well, I can't show signs of weakness or sickness right now, and- <laughs> Please, Dr. my business deals! Dr. Girdle Jr. is like, dude, honestly, I, I don't know how you don't end up dying of this. Like, that's how bad it is. It's, it's, I have no idea how you're not already dead. And then she gets mad at him. Yeah. I'm the doctor, and I'm just telling you the truth. And, and hey, she's just like, whatever, Dr. Girdle Jr. And you know what? May I just point out, may I freaking point out, Veronica could stop this at any time by going to Percival and getting her friggin' totem back. Yeah. This is all self-inflicted. Okay. Stupid. So Cheryl asks the eight ball again, oh, should I call Heather? And the eight ball says once again, "Ah, I don't know. Because I I don't know. I'm an eight ball. So she picks up her phone, which is shaped like a pair of lips, and she is going to go to her laptop to find the phone number, and we see Cheryl's emails. Oh, here we go. Okay, I'm ready. So she has an email from the Bank of Riverdale that says, your monthly statement is now ready. Please log in to review your statement. Okay. Okay. From unknown, urgent, extended warranty. We are trying to reach you (laughs) on your car's extended warranty. Genius. Whoever's on the props team knows memes. Thank you so much. I do love you, props team. Art department. Any of you. And, like, I know that this is spam, but I'm also, like, I don't think Cheryl has a car. It's, it's, so, it, it's, it's spam. It, it's funny. Mm-hmm. Another one from the Bank of Riverdale. Please review your cashback deals. You have rewards waiting for you. These are great uh, fake spams. For Kevin Keller. Forward. Superstar Josie McCoy nominated for. And then Kevin says, did you see this? Then a, one from Alice Cooper. Reply. Four Grammy nominations. And then she says, thank you, Cheryl. Your support means so much. What? So it sounds like Josie was nominated for four Grammys. Okay. But also those are two separate conversations. Yeah. Between Kevin and Alice. And then what Alice says in regards to what the email is about has nothing to do with what she wrote. I don't know. Anyway, another one from Alice. Forward, fraternal twins mature faster than identical. And then it gets cut off. This is the article I was telling you about. This is so cool. This means that they do talk to co-parent the twins. Yeah. Oh, that makes me really happy. And then lastly, she has an email from Britta that says, guess what? And it says, I got an A. And I, I, I got a picture. That's the only one that we saw, like, the full email of. I really wish that the Britta thing had continued because that was actually great to see Cheryl as like a yeah mentor figure but I understand not wanting yeah. her to do that I guess okay Britta says to Cheryl I got an A on my science test aren't you proud of me Mistress Cheryl thank you so much for the help- helpful study tips I used several mnemonic devices like you suggested and I didn't forget any of my chemical symbols this brings my average up to a 93 which uh to be honest I don't know if my teacher will consider an A or an A minus maybe I'll ask you to have a chat with him next time you're at Riverdale High haha and then she signs it BB. BB. Because yeah, she was Cheryl's BB. That's not hey. why. But no, I think it's cute. Yeah. Do you ever email your friend? No. What's up with all the emails? I mean, I guess when 
she's like, yeah, I guess that is weird. There's like so many emails like from people she knows and I'm like, can't y'all text? I guess, you know, it makes sense to me that it would be like, like Britta would email her. No, but it texting. Doesn't... No, I know. But like Britta, you know, sees her as an authority figure. Oh, You know, yeah. so it makes sense why Britta would do it. Kevin is weird though. Yeah. Alice makes sense because Alice is old ish older alice makes sense but also like this is just stuff that would be on facebook yeah so she goes on the website for the greendale public library which is at 66 pebblestone lane oh that's nice and she calls the number and she says hi this is the library and this is heather and then she hangs up due to gay panic it happens to the best She's like, of us. Ah. so archie wakes up in the office of the el royale and checks his weight again and he's like way 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 lighter than usual so he's like losing mass basically Jughead and Betty go back into Betty's brain to try again, and we see that Alice did a test for the serial killer gene and that she has it, and Hal says that's great because that means that she's, like, strong. I guess. But, but there's no way that he would have known that before they got married. You know, like, it's not like he seeked her out. Yeah, she picked him. Yeah, she picked him she in Midnight She quite Club. literally picked him. So, okay. Kind of randomly. So he's like, hopefully one of the kids has it. Probably Betty. And she's like, uh, and you're happy about this? Right? And so Alice is, you know, just like a person who's living her life. And Betty comes out of the memory and is like, oh my god. My mom is worse than my dad. What? Huh? I, I think- I think for her, it's it's a betrayal because her mom is someone she trusts and it's an emotional betrayal. But yeah, it's just baffling. I mean, if it freaking helps, Betty, none of the things that we learn this episode make any sense with anything we've seen from Alice before. We did not need more Betty crap. Well, also, she's like, oh, she's been lying my whole life to cover up that she has the gene and, oh, it probably gets worse and I'll have to go. Like, you know, later this episode, Alice is like, well, Hal threatened me and I was scared of him and all these things. It's like, excuse me, have you seen yourself in season one? No, you you weren't scared of that man. No. Shut it, Hal. What's no. your beef, Hal? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Alice was not scared of Hal. They just turned her into, like... It doesn't make any sense. They they needed to do this storyline, so they turned Alice into, like, an abuse victim? It makes no... It, like, sorry, it doesn't make any sense. Like, literally, you know, I saw on, on Tumblr people were, like, posting scenes of Alice deeply being unafraid of Hal. Yeah. And, like, there's the part where she, like, comes into the basement and, like, turns off his TV and he's like, honey? And she's just, like, throws the remote and she's just like, shut up, Hal! You know? Like, what? That makes no sense! She, like, purposefully, like, de-emasculated him and, like, allow me to say it, good for her. But, like, none of this tracks with Alice. No, it makes no sense and it's stupid and I, I hate it a lot. But it does make sense with, like, how Betty always treated her mom. Yeah. Which was this way. It's just old boring writing. It's like they're trying to explain why Alice has been so controlling and stuff. It just doesn't make sense with any of the other things that we know about her. No, we, they didn't need to do this. Yeah. There was no need for this. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, she gets a call from Veronica and Veronica basically just wants to go for drinks and Betty says, yes, okay. At Archie's house, he pours out the palladium soup because he doesn't want to do that anymore. He gets a call from Betty inviting him to drinks too and he says he'll go. It was cute. Sure. Uh, that's part one. So before we go into part two, we'll talk about Patreon, which is a service in which you can donate to some of your favorite creators. We have one, patreon.com slash theafficionados. If you sign up, you get uh, some cool perks. $1 a month gets you early access to every single podcast. $2 is our Discord server. $5 is 10% off uh, where Brittany sells stuff, I sell stuff, and our friend Casey sells stuff. And $10 is our Patreon-only podcast, which is called Okay, Love You, Hi. We talk for about 45 minutes every two weeks um, for, uh, about just various topics. So, uh, yeah, check it out. We really appreciate it. If you can't do that, just recommend this podcast to a friend or check out some of our other podcasts that we'll talk about in the outro. outro. All right, ladies, gays, days, and all others. So Archie got the call from Betty to meet up at the White Worm. So they, they hang out with Ronnie and 
Basically what happens in this scene is that everyone goes over how their powers have been affecting them. And we talk a lot about Veronica being toxic and that Archie is losing strength and density from drinking Cheryl's soup. Yeah. Veronica thinks that their powers are coming from Percival, but Archie and Betty fill her in and say, no, ours came from the explosion, but hey, let's not really explore this too much. We don't understand what happened either. Veronica also says, oh, on top of being toxic, I'm facing a hostile takeover at work. Those are not on the same level of direness. Okay. Okay. But then she really drops the last bomb, which is the worst part of all of this. Mm -hmm. Before she couldn't kiss people forever is her last non-lethal kiss before Geraldo was Reggie. Yeah. The true tragedy of this, this episode. Is just erasing Geraldo. I just wanted to say. I thought he would be more of a character. I don't mind that he's not, but I think it's funny. Like, you still, like, were kissing Geraldo, like, passionately. You know what I mean? Like, it, it wasn't nothing just because it was lethal. I feel like, but because it was lethal, it probably feels horrible. Yeah. Also, why isn't Veronica just going up and planting one on Percival? I think because Percival knows. I he's, know, he's but... He's the one who gave it to her. Give he's it a try. Let, he's not gonna let her near him. I'm kind of... I'm like, why don't we just do this, you know? Like, you know how you watch Aladdin and, like, when Jasmine's, like, in love with Jafar, you're just like... But what happens here if that continues? You okay, know? yeah, I it's see kinda it. It's kind of interesting. I see it. I see it. You're like, what's going on here? You know, Veronica. Hello, my guy. I mean, I know he kissed Kevin last last Ooh, episode. Does she really want Kevin's sloppy seconds, though? I, I mean, if she if she's got different like goals, I'm interested in her, Veronica. Veronica, go and try and like nobody has tried seducing Percival. Ke Why are you erasing Kevin in this? <laughs> Kevin is not trying to seduce Percival. Kevin is with Moose. Kevin is actively being seduced by yes. Percival. Oh, I'm so sorry. So, um, also Veronica realizes that, um, she is not drunk and Archie and Betty have drank a lot. She's mm -hmm. had double and she doesn't feel the effects of the alcohol at all. Yeah. Going back to the Geraldo thing real quick, because I do think that, it, that it's like, um, I understand her thought on like last, my last, um, like non-lethal kiss with the, was with Reggie, mm -hmm. but then she says that it was her last meaningful human contact, which is the part where I was just like, you kissed Geraldo. She's speaking so ill of the dead. Like, does, by meaningful human contact, does she mean like, as it pertains to emotion? I mean, you did also like bang that guy. Yeah. In like a sexual way. Yeah. So, but I guess it wasn't meaningful because he was just like a rebound frick buddy. I guess. I just feel like we're being really mean to Geraldo. Hmm. My poor guy is dead. He sure is dead. Yeah. His legacy. You know what? That actor must feel great. We were just like, oh no, not Veronica and Geraldo. And then he just immediately died. And you're like, oh, oh, okay. I can't believe I feel bad for Geraldo in this one. Oh, well. I I gotta say, I'm still sad about the complete crash and burn of Veggie. Yeah, it'll be back. So Archie wakes up the following morning and finds out that his hair is falling out. He goes to Thornhill and says to Cheryl, hey, what the hell, man? Because Dr. Curdle Jr. says, I have acute anemia. Yeah. What did you do? Cheryl says, well, basically, you've killed all the metal in your blood and that you neutralize it by drinking the palladium. So that's my B. Yeah, I was I so mad at you. I was mad at Cheryl in this scene where she was just like, oh, yeah, it looks like this happened. It's your fault. You're the one who told him to do that. No, but I think that's so funny because I think that just like 
is so very Cheryl to think of other people as just kind of like experimental yeah. toys, you know? I did want to say with Archie going out of the shower and everything, I, I appreciate that they never forgot about Archie's tattoo. Like he got that tattoo in season three. It was his, his the serpent coat. No, the serp- yeah, the serpent yeah, the, tattoo that the one FP, FP gave, gave him. him. And I just like that they, that they never forgot about that. And may I just say, I have respect for fictional Archie for getting a stick and poke mm-hmm. from some guy's dad in a trailer park, uh, sort of parking lot, um, because mm-hmm. I don't know if I could ever do stick and poke. I'm a huge baby. I have to wait until Riverdale is over, but if I, I would not be opposed to getting a little Southside Serpents tattoo. Get it on your thigh like Alice. But it's different than getting a dark mark. Well, yeah, because the serpents aren't, like, an allegory for Nazism. Yeah, but I want to wait until Riverdale is over just in case the serpents become something terrible. Guys, here's my soapbox. If you're gonna get a tattoo of anything you like, make sure it's done first. Mm -hmm. You may say, well, I'm just gonna get it and, like, whatever, I don't really care. Because it meant something to me. Because it meant something to me. In today's world, just please choose carefully. Mm -hmm. Because what if J.K. Rowling... Here's the thing, though, and the, and it's different because I know people who have gotten the hundred tattoos before the hundred was over, and then the hundred crashed and burned. It was horrible. Made everybody feel like trash, right? Yeah. Sorry about that. However, I got a Harry Potter tattoo like ten years after it was over. Yeah. So no one's oh no yeah, one's safe. I suppose nothing. No one's safe. Yeah. You never know. I do have two okay. lost tattoos. Right. I still feel good about. All right. Them, I've got it. Get a tattoo of something where it's over and the creator is dead. Boom, done. Technically, that means you can get Star Trek tattoos. Because mm. Gene died. I would get... So I'm still going to get a Star Trek tattoo. I, I think it's the epitome of progressiveness. Mm. So Cheryl says, we've poisoned your body, yeah. so you need to replenish the iron in your system. And he's like, what do I do? And she's just like, mm, hope for the best. Mm. <laughs> Basically, eat a lot of iron-rich foods. Yeah. He's just like, Raisin Bran is my least favorite. Yeah. So in the first of two absolutely bullshit scenes... Yeah. Betty confronts Alice and says, you lied about the serial killer gene and because Alice and Polly claimed that Betty was the only one in the family who had the gene. Mm-hmm. And she also accuses Alice of letting Hal groom her. Mm-hmm. What? Betty is literally drunk. Um, she literally yeah. just came back from hanging out with Veronica and Archie in which she was blasted. Now, listen, we are the Alice Defense Squad. Yeah. So in fairness to Betty, this is frankly devastating information that I would be really scared of. And because she and Alice have such a tumultuous relationship, I do think it's fair of Betty to be like, did you know? But the way she did it, it's just, it's just weird. It's so weird. And like anything that Alice says, she just like doesn't want to hear it. You know, like any, anytime Alice like explains herself or anything, Betty's just like, no, like she just, she won't listen to any of Alice's side, you know? Now, but again, you could kind of argue that that makes sense for Betty because Alice Alice was a really cagey mom, and she also has all this new information. She also has superpowers. There's a lot going on in her life. I guess I can't be super, super mad at Betty, even though I probably will be. Um, I, I can't be as mad at Betty, but I can be extremely mad at the writers, because this doesn't make any freaking sense oh, with Alice's character. Oh, dude, 100%. I'm, like, trying to rationalize it from Betty's point of view to make yeah. myself not hate this. Yeah. But, yeah, basically, they're just putting Alice back in the crappy mom box. It's so weird. Yeah. Alice does say that, that none of that happened and that it is a result of Betty's persecution complex. Mm-hmm. Alice, that was a shitty thing to say. Yeah, not great. Let's let's just call a spade a spade. She's like, I'll get to the truth. So, ugh, this is so weird. 
Cheryl basically grows poison, I guess, or Penelope had it in her garden, so she just kept dealing with the garden, I think. Okay, so yeah, so Cheryl has a bunch of poisons, like poisonous plants, and she gives them to Veronica because Veronica wants to test if she's immune to toxins and poisons because of the toxin that's already in her system. Yeah. So she's going to try them all. Cheryl says, haha, you know, there's no shame in having your stomach pumped. And I'm like, you know what? That's true, bestie. Yeah. So Veronica's going to have a private ambulance on standby while she tries them. Jesus Christ, she's so rich. She's so rich. A private ambulance? What if you don't even need them? Then she's like, that's okay, thanks. Here's a million dollars. Like, you know uh, what, though? Can I just say, good for the ambulance drivers in that case. Yeah. Freelance ambulance. I mean, that's... It's America, of course, to have that. Veronica also asked Cheryl if she has any books on spiders, which is hilarious. Um, The internet. It exists. Go on your phone. And Cheryl's like, of course I do. I'm Cheryl. But can I say, the aesthetic of a book, though. Yeah. It hits. Let me get the spider crawling across the screen. Oh! Which I don't care about. Was that in this scene? Yeah. Tag your friggin' jump scares. Yucky. So Betty and Jughead are back at it with the mind reading business. They've basically kind of plumbed that well dry of Betty's subconsciousness, so now they need to read Alice's mind. Mm -hmm. Jughead is like, hey, I don't really want to read your mom's mind, but Betty is like, no, you're going to. Well, she's like, well, you, it's okay, Jughead, you have my permission. Okay, it's not your mind. I don't know how, if, I don't know who needs to hear this, Betty, that's not how consent works. Yeah, that sucks. And also, and well, and then, I'm, I mean, I'm sure you have the rest of that. Yeah. She says that Alice is definitely hiding something, including proof that she knew that Betty was being groomed and that Hal was the Black Hood. Yeah. I'm sorry, How is this at all realistic after all of the stuff that happened with these two with Polly? Yeah. Well, how, how can Betty be doing this? Yeah. And also she's like, well, it's okay that we do this because it's like the equivalent of her reading my diary in high school. Okay. So you want to like go down to her level. You want to be just as bad as her. Didn't that make you feel like really bad and violated? See, I saw the logic in that. But like eye for an eye sort of thing. But I understand that that's not everyone's You're an adult. Yeah. Um, she's an adult. And I think if she approached Alice with a different... But again, this is just the writers, right? Yes. Like, it's not like Betty is making these mistakes. Betty is a good person. Yeah. Um, who has gone through a lot of trauma. It's the writers trying to... What are they trying to do? I don't know. Create conflict between Alice and Betty again for no freaking reason. But what is... What's the what's the end game here? I don't know. More information about Hal and Dark Betty, which we've already done to completion, so... I don't know. Okay. Also, Jughead's like, I don't really want to read your mom's mind because, like, I don't know what I'm gonna find in there and I don't really need to see a memory of her back my dad. And I just want to say, I would have so much rather seen that than any of this storyline. Yeah. And I feel like even Imagine though you don't want to see that, you would still rather see for that sure. than the storyline. For sure. No, of course. I, of course I I want that for everybody. Thank you, my friend. I want that for everybody and I think it would be so funny if Skeet just came out of the freaking woodwork just for that scene and then they were like, Skeet, please, can you come back? And he's like, no, I don't want to come back to everybody. And they're like, but it's just the scene where you're banging Alice and he's just like, mm. Yeah, okay. I can do yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, sure, sure. I'll fly out to Vancouver for that one, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah. Have, a, I'll have a roll around with uh, Majin for a day. Yeah. And we said thank you. Yeah. I would forgive him for all his sins if he did that. Dude, me too. Yeah. You know what? Here's hoping if it's the final season. Mm-hmm. Something. Some yeah. kind of crumb. Yeah, the finale of the whole they're thing. They're not g- giving us any Alice and Uncle Frank stuff. They're yeah. just making them evil with... But, like, flop air evil. Yeah. So Betty and Jughead roll up to the news station, and Betty just starts interrogating her mom. She wants to know what happened in their house that has 
her mom scared and hiding. Alice claims she's not hiding anything, but Jughead does read her mind. And he said, oh, and he sees that Hal did hide something under the floorboards and that Alice was crying while that was happening. So they have what they need and they head, they go to Pops and Jughead says, okay, this is what Alice is under, like, this is what Alice is hiding. It's under the floorboards of the dining room. You're telling me that multiple people have died in the dining room and that the shady man, Dwayne, died just right on top of this guy. I promise you the writers forgot about the shady man. Yeah. I promise that. I'm like, why didn't we get any clips of Chick this episode? Your man. That's my friend. Oh, also, Betty gets a call from Archie and says that Cheryl wants to meet with him. Okay. Hopefully the plan is better than Palladium Soup. I really appreciated Jughead's line. Yeah. That one. Like, hey, hopefully it's better than uh, the bullcrap that she gave us before. Um, what are the odds on that one, though? Yeah. They're not high. Yeah. Yeah. So Archie and Betty meet with Cheryl. She says that she came across an ancient spell of transmutation. Okay. So when an ancient alchemist failed to create a formula that could turn basic metals into gold, they did succeed in turning gold into iron. Okay. Palladium is basically white gold, Cheryl says. So if they use this on Archie, they could neutralize the palladium in his body and turn it into iron, which his body needs. Couldn't he just eat fish? Probably. Or, like, take iron supplements? Okay. Anyway, (laughs) the batshit part of this is that Cheryl decides, hey, but, like, if I added heat, we could literally make you metal. Yeah. And you'd be impervious to palladium. Archie's gonna start going through the floor. Yeah. That man is gonna be so heavy. Yeah. Yeah. Archie's like, yes, let's do it. And Betty's like, okay, but side effects? I will allow another Barchi sex scene if it's just Archie on top of Betty and Betty being like, I'm literally dying. Oh my Get god, off me. Get stop. Off me. Okay, yes. She's like, I'm being crushed. <laughs> and he's like, yeah? And she's like, no, 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 no. please stop. And also things feel weird. Yeah. <laughs> also, this is weird and bad. And you're kind of cold? Yeah. <laughs> anyway... She's like, oh my god, wait, Brittany, Brittany, are you ready? No! (laughs) Okay. What? It's winter. Yeah. All right. Betty kisses Archie, and then her face just sticks like a a pole. I hate you. That's so funny. Anyway, Betty wants to know the side effects, and Cheryl's like, I don't know. He could die. He could die, but like, from the heat, but like, the palladium's already killing him, so... mm." Betty's like, no, and Archie's like, no, it's fine. So Archie decides he wants one last night with Betty first. I know, he says that to Cheryl. Cheryl's like, all right, have a good time. And Betty's just like, nice. Cheryl's literally like, okay, have good sex. Bye. Bye. I I respect her. Sure. Veronica takes a bath and eats a bunch of poison. Yeah. While reading a book about spiders. In her black lipstick. Yeah. End end of that scene. That's the whole scene. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And um, also Archie and Betty bang. Yeah, they have a massage party, and there's just, once again, so many candles. I'm telling you- So many candles. Did they lose the lighting budget on this show? I don't know. Like, why is it giving the hundred? Like, it really feels like they're just like, okay, we need- Like, they go to the DOP, the director of photography, and they just go, all right, uh, listen, Sam, we need uh, something sexy. What what do you got? And the guy's just like, uh, I don't know, uh, candles? I got- Every time. (laughs) I got so many candles left over from the hundred. Yeah. I'll help you out. Yeah. So Bughead grab a couple of crowbars and they decide to bake up, break up the floorboards under Alice's dining room. Yeah. Are you guys going to pay for the renovations there? I'm going to say no. No. Veronica does indeed survive the night. She is immune to poison. Yeah. She also, according to Cheryl's book, spiders don't ever poison themselves and most spiders can control the amount of venom they secrete. So Veronica can learn to control her ability, I guess. Yeah. Sure. 
So basically, she has to never be emotional. Right. She has to be her father. Right. Right. This is, I hate this. I hate this for a woman where in order to not kill someone, she can't be emotional. You should have given this power to a man. How are you going to toot this episode? I might boot it. Yeah. I didn't toot it. I nuded it. Oh, you're right. You're right. Go on. Um, okay, so basically she can't feel anything or she's going to produce the endorphins that make her, I guess, secrete poison. Right. So, yeah. Cheryl gives Veronica her iconic spider brooch and says that really it belongs to her because while she is venomous, she is resilient. I'm like, you're not even going to, like, think about that? Isn't that, like, an heirloom? But, like, she's like, what about kissing dispassionately, Veronica? And I'm like, what a weird question that doesn't really come back. I mean, I know that she kisses Archie later, but, like... That's a test. Yeah, that's a test. That's not even... So I'm not even sure why she even asks about that. And then she, like, says something so, like... You're, you're beautiful and you're resilient or whatever. I'm like, are, like, are you, you guys, guys gonna kiss? kiss? Like, what's happening here? I would, Sharonica, low-key, yeah. would be really good and interesting. I'm just like, hello, why have we not gone through every option yet? So, what's under the floorboards? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you know it, it's a dead body. Yeah. It's the corpse of a police officer. Alice comes home and kind of, like, doesn't notice. Yeah, she's <laughs> just like, oh, hey, Betty. <laughs> this is such a weird choice. Like, why doesn't Alice just come in and go, Betty, what did you do? Yeah. But instead, they just have Betty stand there and, like, she's like, like hello, mom. Wait Look. for Alice to turn around. Yeah. It's so weird. Anyway, Alice finally has to tell the story, which is... Back in, I guess when they were much younger. Yeah, like, like kids. Well, yeah, what, basically, I think probably after Caramel. They went apple picking when they came home. A cop came by to ask Hal some questions about his suspicious activities, which means at least one person knew yeah. back in the day. You're telling me that deputy didn't talk to anybody else about Hal? Yeah, right? Okay. It's weird. But I guess probably not. While Alice is putting the girls to bed and Hal is talking to the cop, Hal kills the cop. Yeah. Alice comes down and she's like, oh my god, a dead body. She's never seen anything like that. And she freaks out. Hal just is like, hey, can you help me get rid of this body? She has seen something like that because the principal Featherhead was dead. Oh, right. Duh. Yeah. Yeah. However, I do want to, and I know that we're like complaining because like this doesn't make sense with Alice's characterization in season one literally at all. But I do want to say that we could put it in there that like, you know, the dealing with Hal in this dead body and then dealing with the um, shady man's dead body when FP was helping her, like the um, parallels or like the um, juxtaposition there is like meaningful, you know, I don't know. That's what I got. Also explains how she immediately knew what to do. Yeah. Which is, I don't know, just um, stick it under the floorboards. That's what we did the last time. Yeah. Alice is not okay with what Hal just did and wants to call the police, but Hal not only threatens to blame the murder on her, but kind of just, like, he manhandles her in the scene and makes it look like he's going to abuse her. I'm just like, man, and also we had Hiram and Hermione doing that. I'm just like, can we win? Exactly. Can anyone win? Alice says that she didn't want to lose the girls and she didn't want their family destroyed, so she helped him. I guess, I mean, it's solid logic. It does make Alice, I guess... A victim in her own home and it makes no sense, but It's just like, if it was me, and I understand her reasoning for that, but if it was me, I would rather my husband go to jail because he's literally a murderer than have him, like, continue to raise my children. Because I gotta tell you, murdering a cop would- you- cops do not abide by rules. And you think that, like, I'm just, like, baffled by how this wasn't, how there weren't any consequences for this. Yeah. What the, 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 the Riverdale police squad was just like, hey, Jeremy never came back. 
And they're like, oh, weird. that's weird. Let's go on with our lives. Does Jeremy have a family? I, uh, it, it's so weird. Yeah. I, I truly, none of this makes sense and it's bad writing and it's bad and I don't like it anyway. Yeah. So Alice decided to basically keep their family together and keep an eye on Betty for a while because Betty's like, hey, did you know he was grooming me? And she's like, no, I didn't know. But I was afraid that, you know, there was something wrong there because you were his favorite and he was always with you. So I decided if you had the serial killer gene, I would just keep an eye on you. And if anything happened, I would stop it. Yeah. But he's like, well, it didn't work because I'm still evil inside. Yeah. Alice was like, okay. I didn't, I didn't give up on you. I wanted to protect you, but I also didn't know what you were capable of. You had a gene I was afraid of, but also I have the gene, but they don't like also address that Alice has the gene. Yeah. I just feel like Betty is making, is being so presumptuous. It's just so much. I don't, it's weird. It's stupid. And I'm not mad at Betty. I'm mad at how they're writing Betty. Yeah, I'm not mad at Betty either. Because, like, if you found this out about your mom who, like, you were trying to, like, rebuild your relationship with, 100% this would suck. And, like, literally, you're telling me that Alice, I mean, because who knows what was going on with her and Frank. Alice is lose has lost literally every single person she has ever had. And now Betty, who is the literal only person she had left, other than Frank, because nothing's going on there. And now Betty is walking away from Alice. Oh, yeah. Alice has no one. You just reminded me of my other complaint about this absolute bullshit, which is, we already had an explanation for why Alice held on so tightly, which is that she loses people a lot. Mm -hmm. And she was afraid, and also, like, Betty was her baby, and she'd already lost hold of Polly, Mm -hmm. and Alice had to atone for the way she parented. That was Alice's entire arc in the first, you know, two, three seasons, which is, I was a helicopter mom, and there were consequences to that. And now they're just, I don't know, doing this. I don't know. Yeah. It's so stupid. So Betty's like, oh, so that's why you wanted me to be perfect. I'm like, no, Alice wanted me to be perfect. She was a dick. Yeah. Anyway, Betty says the evil is still inside her. So whatever Alice did didn't work. And what happens to the deputy's body now? I don't know. Betty's an FBI agent. So I suspect she'll just be like, I found another one of the Black Hood's victims. Are you going to send your mom to jail? I don't think so. No, no. she won't. So yeah, (sighs) this is, this scene... I need to take a friggin- I need to take a cheeky sip to go over this scene, y'all. Oh my god. (laughs) You just see what scene we're at? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Bestie, you want to talk about- No. Aren't you getting pegged by Satan? No. Listen, when it started happening and Sam was just like, it looks like he is- like Satan is putting something up his butt- I was just like, oh, ha, ha, ha. And then the scene kept going and I was like, oh, Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, it does look like that. Like, that's literally, like- it's literally acted like that. Yeah. I'm, it's extremely uncomfortable. I think it's very funny because I know that KJ made this choice. Oh my God. I, and I think that's hysterical. Uh, KJ was like, I am going to make this weirdly sexual. I just like. Or not weirdly sexual, but weird. Yeah. It's KJ. So. I'm just like, and I know that they lean into it at this point, but like, if you know that your show gets absolutely mercilessly made fun of, I guess you just gotta lean in. Not only do you have to lean in, one, it's gonna make it more fun to be at your job, because it's yeah. clear these people hate their jobs. Good God. And two, the more traction they get on social media with that, the more money they get. Yeah. You know, they don't want to be there, but they're getting paid. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, so about this scene. So Archie and Cheryl meet in a tomb. Am I right in assuming this is just in Thornhill? I think. Where is this tomb? I have no idea where this is. Is I think it's the Blossom family tomb or something. Probably. I I honestly have no idea. Cheryl has Archie read the alchemist spell in Latin and she is manifesting something called witch fire. Yeah. She says, I'll make a fire inside you. So that doesn't help. 
No. No. And so she goes, hopefully it works. I don't know. Hopefully you're not dead after yeah. this. Yeah. Basically, he just stands there and is put on fire by Cheryl. He looks like the fire is going up his butt. Yes, it does look like the fire is going up his butt. <laughs> and, like, KJ has to do... First of all, he's not good at Latin, but also he's doing Latin in an American accent when he doesn't have an American accent. It's just so much. I always forget that he doesn't have an American accent. I just have so much secondhand embarrassment watching this, this scene. It made me so uncomfortable. I think it's so funny. Ugh. Anyway, like flames like burst out of his hands uh-huh. and then um he screams and then he falls down yeah um i think we all know what this was an allegory for thank you i have spoken. did they do it on purpose like oh I god feel like yes they were like, like in what world are they just like ras comes to kj and is like kj so in this scene we want it to look like um you're getting uh, pegged by the fire. Bro, I promise you, Ross does not talk to any of those people because I bet Ross has no idea what's going on on this show because he's not the showrunner. Who came and told KJ to do that? That's what I want to know. I know KJ. Who did that? KJ told KJ. Probably the director. So yeah, that's, yeah. Veronica gets a visit from Reggie and she decides she's like gonna keep it like really cool but then Reggie gives her an ultimatum. Mm-hmm. Sell the casino or he and the shareholders take over. Yeah. Um. He, the leverage he has is that they know that she's sick because he has pictures of her getting dialysis. Mm-hmm. Instead of being someone who was concerned for someone that you loved, um, I guess he's just using this as a business opportunity. Right. So she's also eating smart food popcorn. Come on, So another little snack another little snack and also she's making her presentation on canva and she says that out loud there's a lot the the brand placement my god but yeah like like you were just saying like reggie clearly has a spell put on him right now because he would care about veronica if he like saw that she was having like he says oh is it your kidneys that are having the problem whatever he would care you know like i don't know if this is the spell i think this is just writing it might just be crappy writing you're right but like Two episodes ago, he was going to give her, like, a ride to the meeting before the fog hit, even though they were fighting at the time. You know? Yeah. Like, he cares about her. Yeah. So, I I think he's I think he's under a spell. And right. I'm going to say that, because otherwise that makes me so, so, so sad. Fair enough. Uh, Veronica basically threatens Reggie and says, you know, give it a go. It'll be a bloodbath. Okay. Betty comes into the kitchen and finds Archie with a palladium necklace on. He grabs a knife and slices the palm of his hand. And she's like, what are you doing? But he is, in fact, unharmable. So the spell worked. Is this going to be, like, forever now? Like, Archie's just, like... I think so. Here's my question, Brittany. And I don't know if this is going to matter or or any or anything okay. at all. Does Archie age at this point? Or is he now stuck in this iron body that he has just made? No, I think he ages. You think? Yeah, I just think he's, like, super strong and stuff. All right. But, yeah, I think, I I, think like, he ages. In my mind, he became, like, Archie action figure. You yeah, know what I mean? Where he's, he's frozen not... and stuck now. Yeah. But I don't know if that's ever going to come back or mean anything, but... That's what it happened in my head, you know what I mean? He became, oh my god, he became the statue that Jughead commissioned of oh him. Oh my god. He became the say, statue. I was gonna say it was a little on the nose for the Superman references, because now he's the Man of Steel. Yeah. I mean, literally. Or, sorry, Man of Iron. Yeah. Iron Man. Iron Man! He's Iron Man! Yes. Anyway. Veronica is at the Babylonium, and she ran- so she's gathered a bunch of people there. Yeah. Um, because it's the Babylonian, you know, it's no, a it's a out. it's a business. Yeah. And she basically gets everyone's attention and then loudly says that the casino's finances are healthier than ever. <laughs> if I were one of the patrons, I would be like, What? So, that's none of my business, but okay. I'd be like, Why are you telling me this? That actually makes me think that they're not fine. I just came here for a Pops burger, but okay. Sure. She says that, you know, the casino's doing great and they're operating great and um it, it will not operate without her. And she doesn't want to sell it. 
She's not going to sell it. It's hers. Yeah. She then performs Toxic by Britney Spears. Well, my favorite part is that she gives a shout out to Archie and Betty for like boosting her up. Yes. She she says this is for Archie and Betty and then and then she performs Toxic by Britney Spears. Tell everybody what you thought that this sounded like because it 100% sounded like that. What? Where she goes, and I just wanted to give a huge shout out to my friends Archie and Betty who really gave me the boost earlier today that I really needed. Oh, that they had a threesome? It fully sounds like it that. It sounded like they had a threesome. It fully I, like, sounds like that. Not a joke. I think they're a throuple now. Me and you are like literally eating one of their like little milkshake things from the Pops booth. And we're like, did you guys? Oh, uh, what's happening? Did here? you guys? You know? Okay. Did, but did you? The but drama? You? The drama? Okay. <laughs> me leaning over. They banged. But there's yeah. burger in my mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So Veronica performs Toxic by Britney Spears. I just want to say, KJ really leaned into this one. Yeah. Um, he actually dances and lip syncs to it, too, on the sidelines. We sh- really should have, first of all, we should have been able to guess that it was going to be toxic. I w- I w- I'm embarrassed that we didn't, and I I feel like we leaned too far into spiders and not far enough into venom. Yeah, but I still think but- we, we were right to get to be on the Black Widow track, yeah. and I, I will not... I'm gonna regret that. I'm also glad that they waited to do Britney until she was her own person again. Yeah, then the licensing rights would yeah. uh, actually go to her. And uh, when did Veronica have time to do all this choreography? And mm-hmm. also, isn't she gonna s- sweat toxic sweat on all these people? <gasps> but, okay. Okay. So, I did want to mention also with your um, uh, dancing Archie moment, mm-hmm. which is... Probably my favorite moment of the episode. Oh, yeah. KJ was serving. It was fully just a blooper that they decided to put in. You know? It was cute. It was fully just a blooper. But also, if you're going to make that canon Archie, this man is fruity as hell. He do be. I have been saying it for literally years. Yes. We are on on the queer Archie train and we are not getting off of it. Where did she get all of this spider decor so quickly? Girl, you know she sent Jay to Party City. Yeah. Come on. Jay's like, butcher paper and a giant spider? Okay. He's a little on the nose, don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. No. She she 100% went to Party City. Yeah. So while she's performing this, they do like this slide cut. Like, I really like the editing in this scene. I think it's so great. It's so fun. It's like what this show should always be. Like, zippy and fast and funny. So Archie and Betty came up with a solution to Veronica's last kiss thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, she's going to kiss Archie because he's invulnerable. And yeah. This is literally just for the trailer. It was just yeah. to freak people out. That's, that's it. It was, it's kind of fun. Like, I sure. like, I like that they're kind of like sharing. I don't have a problem with it, actually. It's like, it's very Betty, Veronica, and Archie. You yeah. know, it's very the comics. Yeah. So, all right, whatever. I won't stay mad at it. Yeah. During this montage, Jughead is having flashbacks of his time as part of Bughead. Yeah, what? I'm not into it. I think it's weird. I'm like, what is this? Like, I'm like, why? I Please let Cole and Lily let that relationship please. rest. They're done with it. Yeah. I like, listen, I like Bughead just as much as the next person, but Cole and Lily don't want to do it anymore. And I don't want to watch them do it because I know that it makes them uncomfortable. And like, did they make a choice to be in a relationship together? Yes. But also, you know, that's just how it goes sometimes. And relationships end. Let it go. Yeah. But Camila and Charles are able to do like a pretty good job, even though they're, I can't, I don't even know if they're still together or not, but they. Camila and Charles are a constant mystery to me. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. He gets a text from Tabitha, which kind of pulls him out of his reverie and reminds him that actually he has something better and healthier with Tabitha, who never would have asked him to do any of that. Right. And also he's like, oh, good. Like, please come back. I miss you. Like, 
good because like it's clear that Jughead's like I don't want to have these these thoughts and these memories. If you break up Jughead, I'm gonna be so mad. No, like I'm gonna riot if you break up Jughead. I feel like the only way that they're keeping Cole happy is by having Jughead because I don't think he wants to do anything else. I know that it's Jughead, but like have a picture for her contact. She's your girlfriend, or like even like a little emoji next to her name would be great. Oh, you know? that'd be cute, like a little milkshake. And like I know that it's Jughead. But she's your girlfriend. I would like it. Like a little picture. That'd be yeah, great. That would be cute. Yeah. Also, um, Cheryl is like, oh my God, because Heather arrives at Thornhill. Yeah. Heather's here. And lastly, in the very end of the episode, um, Veronica finishes her song and she blows a kiss and Betty catches it. Yes. It's very cute. It's so cute. Love it. All right. Well, I sure loved the last five minutes of that. Yeah. That, <laughs> it was worth it for the last five minutes of the episode. Yes. I guess. So now we're going to go into segments. My first segment is which character needs a hug the most. It's going to go to Alice today. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. The 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 continued victimization of Alice. Yeah. Um, And my segment is which MILF was the most badass. Um, I am also going to give it to Alice. I don't think she was badass, but um, it was kind of badass of her to apparently survive an abusive relationship and keep both of her kids alive. But yeah. also bad writing and... Kind of bad parenting. Yeah. Oops. What is Sam shipping the most? Sam sent us a text in his podcast to say, uh, Alice and FP out of spite. And she also said to let everyone know that she's ready for Alice to just become a full villain because um, this like back and forth nonsense is a waste of time. Please either write Alice off or have her kill someone in broad daylight. Wait, I'm kind of into that. Make like, her the villain then. Honestly, she looks great. Like if they're dedicated to like ruining her character by making her inconsistent, just make her evil. Yeah. I, I know that I said that Veronica looks silly in black uh, lipstick, but if Alice wants to wear black lipstick, I'll allow it. Yeah, because Machen looks great in dark lipstick colors. Uh, is Chick dead or what? I don't know. Is Hiram dead? Probably not. No. I don't know. No. And now it's time for a Best Line Award. Uh, my Best Line Award goes to Nana Rose and Cheryl for... my experience, people usually respond promptly to emails when they care. In your experience, people also communicated by pigeon. Which is the exact point that I was going to make before Cheryl did. Got her! What if you sent an email, Nana Rose? Does Nana Rose even have a phone? I don't know. I don't know. And mine goes to Veronica for... I sincerely, legitimately, truly believe you should have your head x-rayed because I guarantee you there is Swiss cheese where your brain is supposed to be. Um, I think that's really funny. That's a really funny roast. It was a pretty good speech, that one. Yeah. All right, so for the trailer, um, the blurb for the next episode is The Ghosts of Riverdale. Blurb. After failing to get Pops declared a historical landmark, Tabitha enlists Archie's help saving the diner from Percival. What else is new? Betty opens up to Agent Drake. Hell yeah. What if they kissed and dated? About her ability to see people's evil auras. Meanwhile, after Reggie and the shareholders declare war on Veronica, boring, she turns to Jughead for help maintaining control of the Babylonium. Interesting. Finally, Cheryl reconnects with her childhood crush, Heather, and Tony and Fang continue their fight for custody of baby Anthony. Thank you for bringing back Tony and Fangs. Where have they been for the past two episodes? Thank you. Oh my god, I forgot. So here's what uh, happened in the trailer. Veronica says, ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat tonight, and Jughead's doing a magic show, and Veronica's his assistant, and it says, Forsyth the Fantastic. Okay. Okay. Honestly, it's cute. Why not? Sure. But what is the context for this? I guess looking at the thing, uh, Veronica turns to Jughead for help maintaining the control of the Babylonium. So this is probably like, you know, they're doing it at that Babylonium and um, they're, you know, trying to drum up some more. Like, I wonder if Jughead's going to be like, I can read minds. I'm literally going to be like, are they just going to have Jughead be a psychic? Probably. Probably. So we see someone walking up to Pops. I think it's Tabitha. 
Uh, Heather tells Cheryl that she's a witch. Okay, of okay. course. Cheryl blows up out a match. Tabitha says to Percival, stop messing with me, and she drops a vase in the curio shop. Um, Magic Jughead takes off a blindfold. Uh, Veronica asks Jughead if he can erase minds. Jughead's like, everyone's asking me a lot of new things that I don't know if I can do. People are really weaponizing Jughead's yeah, powers Yeah, he doesn't want to do any of this. Ways. He just wants to hear again. Exactly. Uh, Betty says that there's evil inside the Cooper house. I think, okay. I think she's saying it to Alice, and it looks like she's in the FBI office. Um, she takes a cat away from the twins. Is this potentially finally an answer to where Toffee is? Oh, maybe. Or the twins found a cat and they were torturing it. Yeah, exactly, which is, of course, reminiscent of Caramel. Frank punches Archie in the face. I thought Uncle Frank was cool. I know. And then Archie says to Frank, the battle is on. We're ready to fight. Okay. Okay. Sure. We'll see. Please save that dill from the storyline. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Our music is Terminal by Good News Tunes. Uh, thanks so much to Sam and Emily for hanging out while we recorded this podcast. Hey, and you know what? Thanks to us for recording this podcast. Yeah, it was, it was a lot. Why did we do that? We did it, though. We did it because it's a weekly podcast, and we if we skip one, then we are behind significantly. Mm, yeah. You know? The amount of stuff that happens on this show. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you are so inclined, please leave us a review on whatever platform you are listening to us on. Even if it's just a cheeky little tweet to your friends. Oh, yeah, that'd be cute, too. If you're a fan of The 100, we talk about that show, too. We did seasons four to seven as they were airing, and now we're going back to do the good old days, uh, starting with season three and ending with season one. We are almost on season three. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy to me. Thank goodness. I love season two. I'm excited. God, when that aired, anyway. It was the good stuff. It was. Until it wasn't. Yeah. If you are a fan of Stranger Things, we like to talk about that show too. It's back so soon. Mm-hmm. So we will be covering season four of that uh, when it comes out, after it comes out. Yeah. It's happening. It's going down. I think that with the day that next episode comes out, like not Riverdale, but this podcast is the day that Stranger Things comes out. Bro, happy Stranger Things Day if you're listening to this on launch. You're not though, because you're watching Stranger Things. Yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. If you're a fan of Lost, we like to talk about that show too. Uh, we did seasons one to three so far, and uh, we're almost done season three. Longest podcast, um, most big brain podcast. We have guests over there, and there's a spoiler section at the end. So if you want to watch along with us for the first time, uh, that would be great. And That'd be cool. I, it would mean so much to me. Thank you. You can follow the Aficionados on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, Instagram, Rebel, YouTube, uh, mostly Twitter, and Robin makes gifts of our favorite line awards on Tumblr. It's true. Because people still use Tumblr. Yeah, me t- I use Tumblr. Yeah. Uh, our Patreon, like I said earlier, is patreon.com slash theaficionados. If you like what we do here, please consider donating because uh, it's expensive. It's free for you to listen to, but it's not free to make in the amount of work. I mean, listen, you guys, if it's not worth a couple of dollars that we recorded this while having COVID. Please, sir. Yeah, and I don't know what it is. You can follow me personally at Robin E. Jeffrey. That's R-O-B-Y-N-E-J-F-F-R-E-Y pretty much everywhere. And you can follow me on Twitter at Apertania, which is the R-I-T-T-A-N-I-A with an I before at the end. Oh, and my shop. I make art at Busy Bidding Land. It's cute. It's all in the description. Uh, the next episode is episode 615, Things That Go Bump in the Night, it's called. Um, it refers to a specific phrase used to describe anything unknown that might be frightening, especially a noise or ghost apparition. Oh my god, yes. I'm loving a horror episode. Spooky. Um, for the love of God, Riverdale, a hiatus. Begging. It's been... that The next episode will be 10 episodes without a hiatus. I know that we're um, the only people who want that, though. The fans don't want that. I need a break. Okay, love you, bye! Okay, love you, bye!